Welcome to Hour of Devastation, the weekly Magic the Gathering podcast where we talk all things Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Joe Loudon, and with me as always is Sam Neil. Hiya. How are you doing this week, Sam? I'm doing pretty good, actually. Good, good. I'm feeling good. I, uh, I had a relatively normal weekend. Cool. I went to the pub on Saturday Ooh. with my dad. That was fun. I mean, outside of like having to obviously walk in wearing a mask and stuff, once you sat at the table, it's kind of normal. Yeah. And they're spaced oh, out all cool. the tables, so there's no one else near you. So I had a couple of drinks in a pub for the first time in about ten months. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Which is pretty good. Uh, I played some Warhammer on Sunday. Actual, factual, physical gaming. Actual 40k on a tabletop. Nice. That was really good. I vaguely remembered how to play. (laughs) There are a lot of things I've definitely forgotten, since again, I haven't played Warhammer in about 10 months. Uh, So that was really nice. Uh, I have my second vaccine this coming Sunday. Very excited about that. Nice. Uh, And my partner has her first vaccine booked for this Saturday. Class. So... It's all... I'm feeling okay. And also, I don't, you know, live in Bolton, so... <laughs> um, it's pretty good. And, you know, assuming all things kind of go okay, and it seems like they're expediting the vaccine process, so that's pretty good. Yeah. I feel like, you know, come the 21st of June, we'll probably be able to open the store and actually have some proper magic being played. Sweet. I hope so. I really hope so. I think... Yeah. But I'm feeling yeah. good. I've had a relatively normal like weekend <laughs> like, <Good. laughs> that I haven't had for you know fourteen months. So nice. it's, it's it's been nice. It's it's been I'm hopeful, or at least you know I enjoyed this weekend. And if every weekend from here on is terrible, then I had fun while it lasted. <laughs> at least you had that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. How you doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm all right. I'm all right. I've had a, a few days off work over the past couple of days, which is which is nice. Um, so I, I booked some time off. It's the uh, the Hannah Mukmora Memorial Wrestling Show on Saturday night slash Sunday morning. Um, so I figured oh, nice. I'd, I'd book some time off after that because I'm probably going to be knackered on the Monday and maybe I might be a bit fragile in the next few days. So I thought I'd give myself some time off to rest, but uh, it kind of kind of wasn't. I don't know. Like I think we we spoke about it briefly uh, when she she passed away last year. Uh, somebody who I really admired and kind of watched the last days of her life play out in real time and it was really traumatic and I still haven't really quite come to terms with that mm-hmm. but uh, yeah so the uh, did the memorial show was kind of a one year anniversary of her death and it was it was amazing to be honest absolutely amazing like I thought it was going to be really sad but it was it was incredibly emotional but it was really happy as well it was like a real sort of celebration uh, it was kind of just kind of cathartic in a, in a way, I think. So it was it was really nice just to see everybody come together to to celebrate somebody. Very, very good, nice. yeah. So that was a bit of a tangent for that. That's, that's how my weekend went. <laughs> Got up at two o'clock in the morning on Sunday morning to watch that. So it was, uh, yeah. I think all things considered, it was quite a, quite a nice weekend, and then I've ever enjoyed the couple of days I've I've had since that. Been buying and selling some magic cards, shifting some hobby money around. Bought some more Warhammer stuff today as well. So nice. I think, yeah, things are. I feel like they're they're in a, a place where they can get back to normal in terms of, of hobby stuff. I think. Yeah, everything's feeling kind of all right. This is the yeah. most optimistic I've been since you know <laughs> ever <laughs> March last year. So <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling all right. I mean, you know, if you look at the states, I guess everything's literally back to normal there. 
Um, you know, assuming people have their vaccines, people are doing whatever they want. Whether it's safe or not is a completely different discussion, but it's been uh, it's been nice to kind of experience that a little bit. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm I'm pretty certain still that like we're gonna just you know fully unlock or whatever the term is they're using on the 21st of June anyway. But I'll be fully vaxxed by then. I've got my second vaccine booked in for the 4th of June, so uh, not this Friday, but next Friday, and then that's me me double dosed. Hell yeah. Yeah. And then you can use yourself as a as a wireless hotspot. Hell yeah. <laughs> that's the that's a good thing. I don't really care about going out and stuff. It's just I can, you know, emanate five G everywhere. Yeah, hey, I might go to a Modern Horizons pre release. That's what I might do. Will it be in time? Yep. Oh man. Alright, yeah. That's the, it. The second are you planning to leave the house? Eighteenth of June. Oh that's that's exactly the right amount of time after having your second dose. Yeah. Oh baby. Yeah, I'm super right. excited. Super yeah. excited. Okay, good. Which Everything's I guess looking good. Yeah, which I guess segues quite nicely into our, our big topic this week because it's it's Modern Horizons hype season is is in full swing. Uh-huh. Uh huh. What we've seen so far from the set is incredible. Absolutely incredible. So we had the the big weekly MTG stream uh, last Thursday where they they really sort of started to show off cards from from the set and talk more more about what was going to be in the set and I think right from the get go the whole thing's just been incredibly exciting I have some feelings <laughs> yeah <laughs> there are lots of cards that I I mean there are loads of cards up and down the power scale that I'm extremely excited about yeah and I just I just love Modern Horizons I, I, this sort of reminded me how much I really loved Modern Horizons 1 for all of its yep. pitfalls and the fact that it ruined several formats uh, I just love like this kind of set where it is very similar to Time Spiral where they just do whatever they want and just yeah. sort of unpack a bunch of really cool designs for cards that they couldn't find another place for, where they just, you know, put a mechanic on a card and that's the only, you know, use of that mechanic in the entire set. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those cool. sets where they're, they're just completely freed from the, the constraints of, of just normal normal constraints that they have on, on design, like set designs, like in terms of like standard sets, like... Obviously, you couldn't put most of these cards into a standard set because they're far too complex or far too high-powered for what they want in a standard environment, and they don't want this stuff going into a Pioneer either. Uh, you couldn't put some of this stuff in a Commander product because if you did, then you would have that thing where constructed players just go and buy out Commander, like one specific Commander set, and then that messes everything up for everybody. Uh, and yeah, it's it's not a straight reprint set, but it allows room for innovation. And it's quite clear that with it being Modern Horizons, and the aim of the set is for Modern and Legacy and Commander and possibly even Vintage playables, you know from the get-go they're sort of setting expectation for what the set and what the power level of the set's going to be. So the cards that they put in this can be a lot more complex than something that you would find in, in a Battle Bond or a Conspiracy or a Commander Legends. I, just, I love it. I absolutely love this set. Yeah, and there's, there's no constraints for Arena, I think is the big thing. Yeah, they yeah, don't, 100%. They don't have to make this work on Arena, they can literally do whatever they want, and you know if something ends up being a bit of a, a weird thing, it'll still work in paper, right? And you don't have to create loads of cards that are intuitive to newer players. Yeah, you you don't have to. Like there are a bunch of cards, and I'm sure we'll talk about them. That people have been asking a lot of questions about that they don't understand yet, 
and that's fine in this kind of set because this is meant to be where all the, the complex designs go and all the, the callbacks and the the stupid stuff, basically. Yeah. The stuff that's too stupid regular sets. <laughs> so, I mean, where do you want to start? Because there's a lot... It's rare at this point during a spoiler season that I have so many specific cards I want to talk about. Yeah, totally. Uh, I think we... Let's start from from the the start, I guess. So the the first thing that we we got a real look at on the the stream was Dakon Shadow Slayer. So it is white, blue, black for a planeswalker, legendary planeswalker Dakon. As the static text of Dakon Shadow Slayer enters the battlefield for number of loyalty counters on him equal to the number of lands you control. That's plus one, surveil two, minus three, exile target creature, minus six, you may put an artifact card from your hand or graveyard onto the battlefield. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Super, super cool design. And, I mean, yeah, there's like 18 different versions of the card or whatever. But most, if not all, have uh, have art by Richard Kane Ferguson. This came back to do Dakon here, and it looks incredible. This card is just really cool. Yeah, I love everything about this card. Yeah, me too. I just like the callback to how Dakon Blackblade works with the has loyalty counters equal to the number of lands. Which makes absolutely zero sense in you know modern day color yeah. for Esper. <laughs> like it makes absolutely no sense. But in terms of Dakon as a character, it works really well. The abilities are interesting. Surveil too. It's nice to have surveil be a mechanic they want to go back to because I, I think yeah. that has a lot of powerful in, in, um, implications that something like Scry doesn't. Yeah, definitely. It, surveil also fuels that minus six as well. That ultimate. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like a, it's a nicely, I don't know, it's just a nicely designed planeswalker. Like, like you said, it's mm. a little bit too weird to put in a standard set or anything like that. Yeah. <clears throat> I think this is very much the, uh, this feels like a, like a Sarah the Benevolent, rather than a Renin Six. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But it's very cool. This is the thing. This is one of my favorite things about Modern Horizons, and why I hope they do Modern Horizons every two years forever until I literally die. Um. It's just these cool callbacks to old characters and implementing them in, in current current design, right? Because you look at Dakon, and if Dakon was printed now as an Esper creature with parents on a six number of lands you control, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that that like that that isn't what Esper does in any kind of way. But getting like a fresh take on on that character in 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 the context of Magic as we understand it now, and in, in the context of the color pie now, I think it's just. It's just one of my favorite things about the set. You just get these weird designs that throw back to characters that are, you know, nearly thirty years old. Yeah, which which we'll definitely see more of as we talk more uh-huh. about the set later. But yeah, I think this this card is it's a really cool card. Um, I I don't think it's good enough for modern play uh, because I mean, so the, the effects are powerful, but it's complete. It's competing against a fairy time raveler and Norset Parter avails like. Mm-hmm. Don't think they'll ever really be better three mana planeswalkers than those cards. I mean, we all thought there would never be a better three mana planeswalker than, Lili- than Liliana of the Veil. Yeah. And look at the two. It's not even the, it's not even the best. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I, the I, best I see three mana Liliana. And also, the color restraints are, are kind of rubbish for a, uh, a three mana planeswalker. Yeah, definitely. I mean, maybe maybe it sees players are one of in the sideboard of Esper decks. And I know I've seen talk of things like oh you can reanimate like Inkwell Leviathan with it. Like that's that's cute. But I think this is probably gonna live in commander decks and cubes. This is hundred percent gonna go in, in my cube definitely. I think this is a really cool cube card. 
but I can't see it being, like you said, being anywhere near as good as, as or impactful as, as something like Renault 6 was. Yeah, but then again, we said, uh, I think everyone at the time when Renault 6 was spoiled said, eh, that's probably alright. <laughs> <laughs> and then it, you know, decimated one format and is very good in the other, so. Yeah. That's fair, that's fair. I mean, do you play three different colours of mana to exile a target creature at sorcery speed? Yeah, that sounds really good. That's very, very powerful on turn three to just remove a creature. Yeah. It's exile, Joe. That's so powerful. It is. It is. It's cool. Like, regardless of the power level of this card, it is a really cool card, and I love it. Yeah, Absolutely I mean, love it. this card could cost 17 mana <laughs> and, and come in come in with loyalty equal to a quarter of the number of lands you can draw, and I still think it was cool. Yeah. And I think that's, that's like I said, that's my favourite thing about Modern Horizons, is that I just think the designs are really cool. Yeah. Speaking of cool cards, uh, illustrated by Richard Kane Ferguson, we have Profane Tutor. So this has no mana cost, uh, it's a sorcery, has suspend 2 for 1 in the black. It says search your library for a card, put the card in your hand, then shuffle. Suspend Demonic Tutor? Yeah, this is my jam. 100% uh-huh. my jam. Uh, I don't think this card will see play anywhere except for Commander decks and Cube. Uh, like a lot of the things that we'll, we'll talk about I guess but I, I absolutely love the design of this I love the art on this and I kind of want to test this as a one-off in, in Ant and Legacy yeah and just suspend it yeah just just suspend it like suspend two like suspending this on turn two like 99% of the time you're going to have the kill on turn four in Ant anyway and just having this as, as like an extra free spell just to get you whatever you need on that turn to go off is going to be really good, I think. Uh, plus, it has no mana cost, so it's a nice, it's a nice uh, hit yeah. from from ad nauseum as well. Sure, you lose no life to it <laughs> off ad nauseum, therefore it's yep. powerful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean that's true of a lot of other cards in Ant. So, <laughs> yeah, that is true. That is true. So, I just, it, it, I don't think it's, it's definitely not demonic shooter. I don't think it's as good as infernal shooter in Ant. Oh, I don't think it's as good as, as a Wish Claw Talisman even, but I, I'm definitely, definitely excited to try this This as a one-off, kind of in the way that Grim Tutor has been a one-off in the past as well. I think it's interesting, just like the way that we evaluate Suspend cards. Like, Suspend cards have historically been terrible unless played completely wrong. Yeah. So, Ancestral Vision is just a bad card. Um when it was in Banded Modern we all thought the sky was falling and copies of Ancestral Vision were like £40 each and now it doesn't see play at all yeah. <laughs> anywhere in any kind of way when you suspend it for one and then draw some cards but uh, that you have to wait four turns for Yeah. and this you have to wait two two turns for and you get exactly what you want Yeah. and obviously you have to suspend it on turn two at the earliest but I think that's Interesting. The free ways to cast it, so you can cascade into it off. Well, you could cascade into it off violent outburst or any of the ways that uh, the, like the living end decks were, were were playing it. And I think yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, I guess definitely. that just turns it into a three mana tutor rather than a than a two mana tutor. Which I guess you could yeah. do with Grim Tutor, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's that true. Effectively, becomes a copy of Grim Tutor. So, I mean, there are those applications. Obviously, you cast it off as foretold. Yeah. If you wanted to, uh, I guess that's a thing you could do. Yeah, definitely. I just, I think it's, it's one of those cards where 
Oh, I guess like demonic tutor really like if you if you get to resolve it, it's going to be game changing. Uh, but I I think in terms of modern and, and legacy i think legacy very much is, is what i have in mind when I'm, I'm thinking about this i think it's one of those cards where we're no, not really going to understand the, you know the exact power level of the, this card until until we play with it until we sort of test it and i think if it does find a home anywhere it's definitely going to be in a combo deck just allowing yeah. you to go off and, and 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 get the win i think that... even even doing something like i don't know like turn one dark ritual suspend profane tutor thoughtsies like I wouldn't hate that. I think the problem with with this card and with most spend cards is that the cases in which you cast them unfairly are relatively uncompelling. <laughs> yeah. Like so, if you're casting off an asphaltol, it also means that you have to have. I, I don't know. Like, is that is that good enough? Because your asphaltol deck isn't really a combo deck that needs to look for specific cards. Yeah, that's it. I think you're either you're either winning the game on the spot or doing nothing and. I think in an Asphodel deck, this is probably going to be doing nothing for that turn more, yeah. more of the time. Because the Asphodel decks we see at the moment are, you know, casting Living End after um, cycling a bunch of creatures. Yeah, yeah. And I guess you could do this, but then that means you have to have, you have to either wait a turn to cast your Living End that you found off the Profane Tutor, or you have to have another Asphodel in play that you can cast that immediately. And I think that's a few too many moving parts to make it good enough. And yeah. I think with that deck, you're cycling enough anyway that you're just having extra copies of Living End isn't great. And not really yeah, what that deck sure. wants to be doing. You want to just fill it with exclusively cyclers and force and negations and Living Ends. And that's pretty much what you want to do. But again, I think power level aside, this is just a really cool card. And I love it. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's the thing. Uh, again, any of these cards could be the worst card you've ever seen. I still think the design's cool. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, next up, we're going to take a Another one in a black costume card. It's it's unmarked grave. One in a black for sorcery. Search your library for a non-legendary card. Put the card in your graveyard. Then shuffle. What a bad card. Yeah. Again, I think this is along the sort of same lines as as profane tutor. Like not necessarily the most powerful thing in the world, but it is really cool. Obviously, this is the quote unquote fixed version of of entomb. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not as good as entomb because you can't put a that legendary creature in your graveyard. Well, they fixed really, it. You, really, you, you can't put Grizzlebrand in your graveyard, and that's 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 how you win. That's how you win with Reanimator. You put Grizzlebrand in your graveyard, reanimate Grizzlebrand, and then just win the game. They they fixed it in three ways. <laughs> it's now a sorcery that costs two mana and can't find a legend. <laughs> they they've just like the three reasons why Entomb is good. <laughs> they have yep. just completely gone <laughs> with. Uh, and it, yeah, it's just this isn't very good. There are much better versions to play even in Commander, but if you yeah. really want another copy of Entomb in your Commander deck, then this is an option. Yeah, I'd and be surprised if this is any good anywhere outside of Commander, and even then I don't think it's that good. Yeah, again, I've, I've seen, you know, talk about uh, you could put, like, like Inkwell Leviathan into your graveyard and reanimate that, but I just, I just don't think it's be good it enough. You can't even glory uh, as the thing that you put in. Yeah, that's true. You can't glory as because that's been non-legendary. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Ah, uh, yeah. I don't even know. I don't know. Because the closest we got to a reanimated deck in in modern was Faithless looting away a Grizzlebrand and Gorio's vengeance sitting it. Yeah. Which isn't very good when you can't find a non-legendary when you can't find a legendary creature. 
Yes, it's true. <laughs> it's just not very good at all. And you can embarrow the right to it, I guess, but again, not very good. I don't yeah, think this I, makes many waves in, in modern. No. It's cool. Yeah, that's it. Like again, like super cool design. Probably not very playable. Cool. So another not very playable but super cool design, which I think is probably gonna be the, the theme. Is a uh, Thruster Tempest Raw. It's a ten green green for legendary creature, dinosaur. It's a seven seven. It has this spell cost three less to cast for each of our spell cast this turn. It has a trample trample over planeswalkers, haste, and Thruster Tempest Raw has hexproof as long as it entered the battlefield this turn. Manamorphose says hello. Yeah, this is uh I don't know. This is a this is a design, right? <laughs> it's interesting. I, I I don't think this card is bad. It just it looks so much like unplayable commander cards that have never been played in constructed formats. Yeah. That I think that's just the immediate conclusion that you draw about it because the analogs we have are you know big flashy dinosaurs that aren't really that good in constructed, especially not modern. Like it looks like a like a Galter, right? Yeah. Which is yeah, which is pretty good in standard, but hasn't seen any play outside like, of standard. It's like Galter and Quest and Beast had a child. Exactly, those are two powerful cards. <laughs> that's true, that's true. Uh, and I, I don't know, I think it's, there are there are situations in, you know, we, we've got like prowess decks and stuff that can make Swift Spears and Bedlam Revelers huge. But this is just, is it, it's just doing it in reverse, right? You cast all the spells, then cast your thing that's huge. Yeah. And it, it can't be interacted with. It has Trample and Trample of Planeswalkers, which is a, a cool new ability that I think they probably should have just... Should have been a thing a while ago, but I'm glad to see it yeah. finally implemented. And you just get to smack your opponent for seven. Yeah. And then it sticks around. Yeah. Again, I, I feel like it's probably just going to be a bit too slow for modern, but I guess, yeah, you could have some sort of like red green prowess deck. I uh, could possibly see play there. Monomorphos is definitely going to be the, the best card to play alongside this, but yeah, yeah I just think it's, it's just a little bit too big, a little bit too slow for modern. But it's again sure. a super super cool design. Yeah, and and if if nothing else, it's probably a commander card, right? <laughs> yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Cool. Where do you want to hit next? I don't know. So are we, are we done with the the things that have been been revealed in the stream? Uh, no, there's a lot more that were revealed in the stream that we can talk about. Uh, do you want to talk something busted or a or reprints? Um, I kind of want to get to the reprints, but I think the problem with this episode is we're going to be all over the place, and it's going to be about yeah. three hours long. So yeah, we'll just go wherever you want next. Let, let's let's go for the let's go for the busted one first. And so if, next up we've got grief. It's two black black for an <laughs> elemental inco- incarnation. It's a three two of menace. When it enters the battlefield, target opponent reveals their hand. You choose a non line card from it. That player discards that card. Uh, it has evoke. Exile a black card from your hand. I'm going to be the one millionth person to make this joke. Good grief. Good grief. Yeah, this card is stupid. Uh-huh. Uh, it's it's incredibly good. I know they got some incredibly good magic players to playtest with this set. And I don't know, maybe, maybe even they underestimated just how powerful and how consistent this, this card can be. So obviously the, the cute thing is, is with Ephemerate, you can... Uh, so you can invoke it, so you can exile a black card from your hand, put this on the battlefield, and then with the, the trigger on the stack you can blink it. So you get two thought seizers and you get a 3-2 of menace on the battlefield on turn one. And then you can choose to blink it at the beginning of your next turn. 
Yep. And it can't attack, but you get a third Blitzies. But you get, yeah. Yeah, the, the, when you say they got good players to test it, Brad Nelson tweeted when this card was first previewed, um, Grief should be banned, how could they print this? And then me remembering I actually tested this card, oh yeah, everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, he's, he's had experience with this card and probably yep. had exactly the same response to seeing it for the first time that we all did, but then has yep. played some games with it. And, you know, I'm reticent to trust Brad Nelson when it comes to testing magic cards. He's a reasonably good magic player, you know? Um, of course, there are things he could have missed, and, you know, there's still potential for cards to be busted even if they've been rigorously tested. There have been many cards that have been rigorously tested that have been completely busted. Yeah, we all missed Hogak. We all missed Hogak, and I, I think yeah. I think Grief... Grief could potentially be the Hogak of the set, I think, where it was just a little bit too too overlooked and nobody really understood just how powerful it was until you know thousands of people played games of it and realised yeah. just oh yeah it's it's ridiculously busted. This is this is the thing that like, you can have as many playtesters as you want on a set, doing as much testing as possible, being as rigorous as possible, trying their hardest to break something, but that will never amount to a day of the card being released <laughs> because yeah. you have you know tens of thousands of eyes looking at the card trying to break it trying to do stuff and that's just far more testing than than any one group of people employed by what he could do yeah and that, that's that's the worry right so like brad yeah, Nelson, I, I trust that you know he's put in his reps with it and, and knows what he's talking about but also he's not going to be he's not gonna be able to test it as much as the rest of us can all at one all at one time yeah so that's that's, I... the, that's the worry I, I think the card is absolutely fantastic. Obviously, it's very, very powerful. Uh, I, I kind of want to try brewing, brewing with it myself, and maybe some sort of like prison-style deck. I, I think some. I think an interaction that I find really interesting is if um, Eldrazi Displacer. Just blinking this with Eldrazi Displacer is going to be really cool. I think it's quite a, quite a nice lock you can get. Mm-hmm. Maybe throwing a Snaren Bridge in, in the mix as well, and just have some sort of like sweet prison deck. Yeah, I just miss Lantern. <laughs> just miss Lantern. There's a Lantern deck with Urza. Yeah, yeah. You, you can do that if you want. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think, don't want. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is so. This is just on mask, right? Yeah. Which which we've seen essentially see reasonable amounts of play in Legacy and Vintage to varying success in varying different types of decks. But also, this is a three-two that can die and yeah. can trigger Bridge from below. And stuff yep. like that. There's all sorts of nonsense this thing can do, and like I said, like ephemerate is definitely a thing. Uh, and the fact that you know it's just a three-two with menace is an interesting, interesting wrinkle to the card compared to com- compared to a mask. You can't target yourself, which is a difference to a mask, I guess. Yep. If you want to discard a dredger or something like that, but it's, it's certainly powerful. And we've seen similar cards do ridiculous things and. You know, as much as I trust the people that tested this, we have a bunch more people who I also trust saying how stupid this is going to be in every format. So we'll have to see how it goes. But if this gets banned, this gets banned, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I'm very much, very much in, in that mindset as well. And also, I, again, I've, I've said I, it loads of times before. I'd much rather they do this; it gets banned, but then we get the rest of the cool cards in the set. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with mistakes happening. Yeah, hundred percent. Or if if some sort of new deck. If some new deck or new strategy, you know, comes to light because of this card, and then the card gets banned, but we're still able to play this this new style of deck. That would be super cool as well. Might be tuned down, but yeah. we, we still have a new deck. And yeah, yeah. I, I'd love that. I'd love them doing that in this sort of type of set specifically as well. 
So that's grief. It's uh, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Pretty good. It's very good. Let's let's talk some reprints. Okay. So first up, we got uh, what I thought was was quite a nice surprise. Really, was that oh, one more thing, collector boosters. You're gonna get some some uh, time shifted reprints of Modern Horizons one cards. So we saw Giver of Ruins. We saw Force of Negation. Yeah, those are some pretty heavy hitters in terms of reprints. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we can we can vaguely gloss over the other ones, right? Yeah, definitely. So we've seen quite a few so far. We've seen Ephemerate, uh, Fairy Seer, Tribute Mage, Shenanigans, uh, Iola, Queen Among Bears, Deep Forest Hermit, a Soul Herder, a Sword of Truth and Justice, which looks incredible in that frame. And Hall of Heliod's Generosity as well, which I thought is quite, a, quite an interesting one. Yeah, I mean, it's just a cool card. Yeah. Then I would like them to also do an Academy Ruins in that border. Yeah, that would be nice. And then whatever the, nice. the red and green ones are in the cycle. Uh, once they complete that cycle, finally. I just It looks cool that it looks like Boros Stronghold. Yeah. But yeah, these are cool. I like this. I mean, I have my own feelings about them immediately running back the... Uh, the are the old borders on cards after you know Dance by Remastered but they're great they all look great we also have yeah. some of the newer cards being printed some of them I, I'm not going to try and decipher what the rule is for, for, card, for new cards from on Horizons 2 to get, to get the border but we have some some of those as well we do yeah so I think it's new to modern cards no it's not <laughs> no it's not no it's not because some of them are brand yeah no, none of them some are. Of the, because, some of them are brand new, yeah. Because if they're not new to modern, then they already have an old border printing, right? That's yeah, that's true. That is true. <laughs> Unless it's like Sanctum Prelate, I guess. But yeah, uh, yeah, but that's so the exception. Some of the some of the new cards from Modern Horizons Two have old borders, and I don't know why, but they all look great. Yep. So I, I'm fine with it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's cool. I personally really love the old borders and. I, I don't care where they put them, as long as they put more of them out there. I absolutely love them. Uh, very, very happy with this. Should we should we talk about another reprint? Yeah, I can go for a, it. I can have a bit of a rant. Yes, <laughs> please do. So the, the, the big reprint that we, we got uh, announced on the stream was Cabal Coffers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Finally. That was one that we'd, we'd talked about, uh, sort of our, our predictions for what we'd like to see in the set. And yeah, we thought very much this would be a very good place to put this card. Uh, it's probably not going to break modern. I still, still fully agree with that. We got uh, a regular version, and it's also going to have uh, an extended art version as well. That's a borderless version. That I mean, there's a border. There's a border on the bottom. It's not that's entirely a, borderless. That's a borderless version. They're different. Allegedly. No, they are, because but, borderless versions come in draft and set booster packs. The extended arts only come in collector booster packs. Cool. Yeah, I know. Like it's the thing, like, it's the thing that I've, <laughs> you you realise when you open like a hundred packs per set <laughs> because you won't work for a store. Um, yeah, I think I think my issue with the term borderless when applied to this is that it's a lie because it does have a border. It, I'm not going to uh, bother engaging in your pedantry, but yes, you are <laughs> correct. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this, yeah, it's a borderless treatment, not not an extended art treatment, which means that you can open. 
this version in a draft or set booster pack, which makes it really annoying for us trying to sell like pre-sell mythics because we don't know how many Cabal coffers we're going to open because we'll pre-sell the regular version. But you know, probably more than fifty percent of them are going to be the, the borderless version, but we don't know that, so we don't know how many copies to pre-sell before we open them. It's a whole nightmare. But we, Cabal coffers is a card that finally got reprinted and. There was talking Modern Horizons 1 about how this card should be in here because it's just the place you can just print it. And now it's here, and it works because now it's legal in Modern, though no one, as we discussed on the last episode, I think, it, we're yeah. never, never ever going to see play in Modern. I don't think I'd be surprised. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think so. I, just, I don't think it's good enough. Now, I don't have enough time to get into all of the takes I've seen about Cabal Coffers getting reprinted in Modern Horizons. But I will talk about its rarity for a bit. Yeah. If you want. It's a myth. Yeah, go for it. It's uh, It was something that stirred up a lot of conversation. Um, and the fact that it, it has been upshifted from, quote, from uncommon to mythic. But uh-huh. I, I'm of the opinion that that is totally fine. Yes. Uh, yeah, I... I I think a lot of a lot of magic players don't really seem to understand reprint equity and just what that means and the fact that having the, having cabal coffers at a mythic is I was going to say like having cabal coffers at a mythic is, is a good thing because it yes it'll lower the price but it will retain a high price which which is which is good I was going to go into a big spiel about that, but then remember that fetch lands are in the set at rare, so the set's going to get opened, and all of the prices on everything are going to drop anyway. Like, it's, yeah, I don't think it. Kabalkov has been a mythic. It's just not the issue that people were making it out to be. There, are, I have I have a lot of opinions about the fact that this is mythic and the things that people were saying about it because it's a mythic. It's an incredibly popular and sought after and expensive, and I don't want to hear which is don't acknowledge the secondary market card that people are going to want. This is going to reduce the price because this card existing at Mythic is going to more than double the supply of Cabal Coffers that are available for yeah. to buy on the secondary market. Easily. Because the only printings before were Torment, which is a very old set before booster packs were printed out the arse, uh, Plane Chase, which basically didn't exist, and an FNM promo, which at that time didn't really mean anything in terms of creating a larger supply of the card. This is a mythic in a supplementary set that is quote-unquote print-to-demand and is going to be bought and opened ravenously. There are going to be more Modern Horizons 2, especially between the the two versions, more Modern Horizons 2 Cabal Coffers than the rest of them, the other printings combined. Oh, easily. Easily. This is still going to massively reduce the price on this. It won't reduce it for long because everyone who's like, oh, I really want this Cabal Coffers will then go and buy one. Which means that the supply gets bought up just as quickly as it gets opened, and the price will start to creep up again, as we see with literally every other card. See Fetchlands. I'm right about Fetchlands being a good buy right now, even though they're literally just about to be reprinted. Yeah. The fact that this is a mythic doesn't really make um, a difference to how desirable the set's going to be. It's going to be to be opened. Cards like Cabal Coppers, and we we saw this with Modern Horizons One, then putting like Morophon in the first level, which are clearly cards targeted at Commander players, right? Yeah. That, that no one at Wizards of the Coast thought that either of those cards had any modern chops whatsoever. So they know what they're doing when they're putting cards like this in the set. They want to market this product to Commander players, and putting something that Commander players know is very, very powerful, very, very desirable, like Cabal Coffers in this set, means they're more likely to pick up Modern Horizons. 
if they just saw a bunch of modern cards, like literally all of these cards were designed for modern or for draft, they would be less interested in picking it up. But because there's a Cabal Coppers in it that you can open from packs, they're going to try and buy it. Yeah. And that's what Watsy want. 100%. And that's a good thing, because 100%. I quite like the company that makes my favourite game in the entire world to make money. Yeah. And I, I can definitely get into a longer conversation about consumerism and capitalism if you want, but I'm not going to. And the, the main cross of the argument is that Watsy making money is a good thing. And people seem to not understand how big of a deal the oh I didn't open a Cabal Coffers I'll buy another booster pack model is to Wizard yeah. of the Coast for making money the amount of people that have come into the store bought a booster pack because they wanted to buy a specific card they wanted a specific card but instead of buying the card wanted to take their chance maybe they'll get something else interesting as well and then didn't get the card that they wanted and then bought another booster pack it's, it's pretty much every person <laughs> that comes into the store that buys booster packs and that's good for us as a store because we keep selling keep selling booster packs and it's good for Watsy because more boxes are selling overall, right? Yeah. It's good to have chase cards. And I, I saw I saw people legitimately saying they could print this at common, it's the same to them. No one is saying that a copy of Cabal Covers is worth I'm gonna say this is probably gonna go to about twenty quid. Something I, like that. I think I think it'll and it's I think I I think twenty pound will be, be where it settles eventually. I think mm-hmm. it'll dip below that. Um because I'm anticipating a, a, just a shit ton of this product being <laughs> sure, opened yeah. for so so many reasons, yeah. and you know it's not just this product; it's it's draft boosters of this product, it's set boosters of this product, and it's collector boosters of this product. It's yeah. not just a singular product, like yeah. you know many reprint sets in the past have had. Yeah, so I'm not so, so say say twenty quid is the price it is, right? Six months from now, yeah. Cabal Covers is a twenty pound card, whatever. I'm not saying that a Cabal Covers is worth twenty pounds. That's that's the that's the the disconnect that people seem not to have seem to have is that oh it's the same for them to print a common as it is for them to print a mythic in terms of resources that go into printing that card. Yeah. That is correct, but the value placed on it by people like you who really want a Cabal Covers therefore want it to be a common makes it a twenty pound card. It's a piece of cardboard is a piece of cardboard. Of course, it's not worth anything. The piece of cardboard is worth a fraction of a pence, right? It's a piece of cardboard with some ink on it. No one, no one's disputing the fact that it's, but the, the fact that wizards can put, and, and you referenced reprint equity earlier, can can print these chase cards, means that people will buy the set more. Yeah. If it's a common, a crap load of them get opened. The price of Cabal Coffers just completely tanks, and fewer people are interested in Modern Horizons too. Stores sell fewer packs, people buy fewer packs, Wizards of the Coast make... I mean, because of the set stacked, and we'll get onto a few more of those cards in a bit, Yeah, means that that wouldn't happen. But it just means one of the chase cards is taken away from it. And you want chase cards because it sells product. There's a reason that no one really wanted to buy Ixalan, because at the time it was printed, there was nothing in there that anyone wanted to open. But people still want to open Modern Horizons 1 because of the chase cards that are in there. And the fact that they're hard to get means there isn't a huge surplus of them, so more packs need to be open to get them. Which is a good thing, because both LGSs and Wizards of the Coast make money, which means that you can continue to play Magic. Yeah. And I'm extremely tired of people <laughs> seeing this as some kind of predatory behaviour that Wizards of the Coast are inflicting on its player base because they hate us all so much. They don't. They want you to have access to the cards you want, which is why they reprint this like this. But they also want you to pay them for you to get it. Because what what business would just give you shit for free 
and expect you to like I, I, I don't understand why people think they're deserving of things for, for, for low prices it's it's that, that time old thing like magic players want their cards to be worth a hundred dollars and cost zero dollars exactly like how much does it cost to make an iPhone and you know I won't get into Apple's practices and yeah. the way those phones are actually produced but how much does it cost to make an iPhone ten pounds twelve pa- they sell it for eight hundred no one's suggesting that the parts that go into an iPhone are worth eight hundred pounds everyone knows that it costs absolutely nothing comparative to the char- the price that they are charging you a consumer to buy it is the same no one's suggesting that but they can basically charge whatever they want because they're the leaders of the market. There are a bunch of people's time and effort and work that went into it. There are a bunch of research that went into it that costs money. And the same is true for Magic Cards. There are distributors, there are printers, there are people who have to design the game, there are people who have to playtest the game. There is literally people who have to print the cards you have to pay to make this. Like The price of a booster box is like a pound. It, pieces of cardboard inside plastic with some ink on is it's worth nothing. But it's the secondary value on that, and it's the fact that they will charge you £90 to buy a booster box because of all those things that went into into it, which means people have to get paid. Which also means the business continues to profit and continues to make money, which means you continue to, pay to, to play the game. I'm not saying you can't be upset that Cabal Coffers was a, is a mythic and you thought it would be rare and it would be nice if it was rare because it would be you know, £15 instead of £20. That's, I understand that. It's, it's upsetting when things aren't as accessible as they should be. But stop pretending like this is a, a way in which Wizards of the Coast are exacting their revenge upon the player base. Because yeah. <laughs> that's just not a thing. Why would they do 100%, 100%, that? 100%. 100%. They don't yeah, hate I... their player base. It's it's a completely ridiculous thing to say. If you, they, if you think, if you genuinely think Wizards of the Coast hate you as a player and don't want to give you things, stop playing the fucking game. Stop giving yeah, them any stop, money. Yeah, stop giving them any money. Like <laughs> and like, I understand there's a lot of nuance to this conversation and I'm, I'm just sort of going into a hot-headed straight rant about things. But if you genuinely think that Wizards of the Coast don't have your best interests at heart and are trying to scalp you and are trying to do you out of money, stop fucking buying it. In any respect, it's frustrating to see that. <sighs> yeah, I'm I'm pretty much on board with, with <sighs> all of that. To be honest, like I don't know, I just see some like really just what I feel like are unreasonable takes. Like, yeah, there's no way, there's no way a, a an uncommon from like almost twenty years ago, two thousand two tournament was out. I think mm-hmm. uh, there's no way a, a, an uncommon from like an, an uncommon from like two thousand two. It's gonna have considerably less copies than any mythic printed today. Like <laughs> it's 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 always like it's, it's always the, the commander cards as well. Yeah, that's, like, that's no one, never no one gave say, a, nobody, no one gave nobody. a shit when Force of Will was a mythic. Yeah, yeah, Force like, of Will was a mythic in Double Masters. Nobody complained about that. It was an slightest. uncommon in alliances, but yeah. also alliances was twenty four years ago. Yeah. So people's priorities change. And this, it's, it's the whole, I'll be finished soon, I swear. It's this whole, like, oh, Wizards say they don't acknowledge the secondary market, and then they'll print this card at Mythic, which they know is worth money, so they'll sell packs. Yeah, that's how it works. Basically, all it means is they're not allowed to say, I'll sell your Cabal Coffers for £25. Though Secret Lair gets around that somewhat. But they're not saying that this is worth money. They're just like, they, they know how much fucking cards are worth. Yeah, that's you, it. I think there's, there's just a massive misunderstanding of that yeah. phrase. Like, oh, Wizards doesn't acknowledge a secondary market. I don't, I don't think they've ever actually said they don't acknowledge a secondary market. Mm-hmm. And there's a big difference between Wizards of the Coast don't acknowledge a secondary market and Wizards of the Coast legally aren't allowed to know... Uh, to know and make decisions upon the individual prices of, of Magic the Gathering cards based on secondary market information. 
Like, there's there's a massive, massive difference between them. Like, Mark Rosewater isn't going to StarCityGames.com and typing in Cabal Coffers and going, oh, Cabal Coffers is a $100 card, this has to be a mythic. Exactly. Like, <laughs> it's just complete nonsense. People invent these things in their head, and I don't... It's it's very frustrating to... To, to like I've, I've seen I've seen Mark Rosewater look at PSA nine graded power at a GP booth. Mark Rosewater is well aware that exactly just the market, secondary market exists and knows how much card costs. Like, but you know, legally they're not allowed to to do certain things because of that. I don't know what exactly because I'm not a lawyer. But they have some pretty good lawyers. They're a multi billion. They're part of a multi billion dollar like just global entertainment like leader like. Yeah, they know what they're doing, and you don't. <laughs> yeah, I just I I understand again. I understand people being being um, disappointed that this isn't a rare, right? I right. See, I I don't I don't because this is a commander card. If this card is too expensive for you, proxy it. If your friends don't like you, proxy it. Get new friends. Like that. That's it. At that's the end a, of the day, for me, point. like that's yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Like, if this card is is still too expensive for you after this reprint at Mythic proxy it nobody I, no reasonable person will have an issue with you proxying this card I just right, the thing the thing about it is is so the, the choices you have right currently would have been Cabal Coffers at Mythic being a £20 card or not having a Cabal Coffers reprint and it still being a fucking £60 card hmm. you still got a Cabal Coffers reprint yeah I, I, I don't know like I, again I understand People would have liked it to be rare to crush the price slightly more, but the the, the just the, the ravenous want for this card means that so many packs are going to be, and the rest of the cards on the set, so many cards are going to be going to be opened, and it's just it, it's this idea that like oh wizards are trying to prey on us, they're trying to make fucking money. The people that work for Wizards of the Coast are trying to get fed. No one at Wizards of the Coast, well that I'm aware of, is on like millions of pounds a year, right? They're just trying to do their job and make money, and guess make Hasbro money, but to continue the longevity of a company that makes your favourite game. So just let them do whatever they want, as long as it's not punching you in the face. It's it's completely ridiculous to me that people are like, oh, with the Wizards of the Coast again, trying to fuck over their player base. They're not interested in fucking you over, they're just trying to get your money. Which is true of literally every other industry and company in the entire fucking world. Why, why is it any different when it's a game that you like, that, that are vaguely woke and, and, and do some nice things for, for marginalised groups every now and again? Yeah. It's not going to make money. <laughs> I wouldn't do my job if I didn't get paid. I like doing my job, but if I didn't get paid, I wouldn't do it. The same is for Wizards of the Coast. If they didn't make enough money off it, they'd stop doing it. So let them make the money. And again, if you don't like that, stop playing. Yeah. It's extremely frustrating. Yeah, stop, stop paying, or or just like, <gasps> make some prox- break some proxies. Just make some like... proxies. There are so many people that 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 um, provide proxies to people that are really really cool, and you can support artists and 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 acquire cards that look like magic cards that you can use in, in again friendly playgroups. And if you don't have those playgroups, get new friends um, and support those artists for a fraction of the cost that you would pay for those cabal coffers if you want to. If you just want to jam a cabal coffers, but you can't afford a cabal coffers, or you don't want to give what's your money, just give it to someone who makes proxies and stuff. Or just like every Zendikar Ryzen pack comes with a, a dual-faced card token. Just get one of those and just write cabal coffers on it with a sharpie. Or just there the, you go. It's, the back it's of got a, a basic got a magic, It's got a magic back and everything. Like <laughs> just do what you want. Wizards are not entitled to sell you things for cheap. 
It was this whole thing with the VIP boost. Oh, £200 boost back. Don't buy it then! You don't have to! You don't as, need any of these as, things. As somebody, as somebody who purchased one, do not buy those. <laughs> as someone that's opened about 25, don't buy, don't buy anything yeah. if you don't like what... If you don't think you're getting value for money, don't spend the money. Yeah. And there are certain things that you can't, you know, you know, your bills and stuff. There are a lot of people who are not getting value for money on bills or rent or anything like that, and you kind of need to keep paying, otherwise you'll probably die. Things like this, you don't need to get... And sure, you don't have access to the real card, but if you again, if you're playing... Kabarkov is not a modern card that you need. It's not a card you need for a no. projector format. You need it for Commander, which is a casual format that is meant to be played between friends who are trying to have a good time. If you're playing with people who won't let you proxy Kabarkovers, then I don't know why you're playing with those people. And you will find other people who will let you play that kind of thing. It, it, you have access to, to whatever you need to have access to if you want to play in a way you want to play. This is far too nuanced of a conversation, and I'm far too angry to be phrasing it properly. No, it good, makes good, sense. Good it makes God. a lot of sense to me. Like, I, yeah, like I, I do, I do understand the f- frustrations, and I do understand a lot of the arguments that people make, but I just don't agree with them. I think I'm wrong. I, I, tell me, that's like, fine. Yeah, no, I, I don't think you are wrong at all. Like, I think we're coming from potentially a very different position than a lot of people as well like we are we are both people that could easily afford a cabal coffers if we wanted to go out and purchase one so i think there's there's definitely an added layer of frustration if you are a player who sees a card like cabal coffers and thinks i you know i genuinely cannot afford genuinely cannot afford that or you know genuinely do not understand how mtg finance works enough to be able to be in a position to acquire a, a cabal coffers uh, seeing it reprinted at Mythic is not going to improve my situation. So I think I think people in that position again, like people in that position have that added weight behind the things they're saying. But like again, for me, it just falls back to like just just proxy it. Like if you're in a position where you can't buy a Cabal coffers, most likely you are not playing Modern or Legacy or Vintage. So this. Kabalkov has been reprinted in this set doesn't affect your interaction with those formats. It only affects your interaction with Commander. If that's the case, proxy the card. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, man, I'm sure if I had like time to write something to say about Kabalkovers, I'd sound um, a lot more reasonable, but yeah, I kind of like just viscerally yeah, it's just it's just the time old irony of, of magic players not understanding resource management. <laughs> it's, it's it's frustrating. Yeah, they're not going to yeah. put it. Come, why would why why would they put it in common? So you can have it. You don't deserve to have things just because you want them. That's it's like okay. That's not actually how I feel about a lot of things. I think that human beings should be entitled to a lot of things. Cabal coffers at rare is not one of them. <laughs> the fairest way I can say that, and I think you should probably leave yeah. it there before I carry yeah. on. Yeah, cool, cool. Good lord. All right. That was 20 minutes. Uh, yeah, that was, that was at least. Um, so I think we're probably going to just touch on one or two more cards this week, but we'll have a lot more to talk about as far as Modern Horizons previews goes on next week's episode, but there's definitely a couple more cards I want to hit on this week. Uh, is there anything that you want to hit in particular? I mean, we can talk about Guy as well. 
Yeah, go for it. Go for it. <laughs> so what, guys? Well, uh, guys, well, there's a sorcery with my mana cost. It has suspend four for a green, and until end of turn, you may play lands and cast spells from your graveyard. If a card would be put into your graveyard from anywhere this turn, exile that card instead. Why is this green? It's Yorgmoth's will. But it's literally Yorgmoth's will. It has no mana cost. Fane tutor is demonic tutor with suspend, and ancestral vision is ancestral recall yep. with suspend. But it's green it's, instead of black. It's green. It's mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, like, I guess this is just the mm-hmm. the final piece of oh, what can't green do? <laughs> it was yeah, this. Yeah. Now, now it can. Now it can. It can Yorgmoth's will slash underworld breach. Like whatever. Like no, I I, I understand that this this. I mean, color pie wise. And if we eschew the jokes about green's colour pie is just the entire colour pie, yeah, uh, green can do these things, kind of. Yeah, it was regrowth, stuff like regrowth. Um, yeah, regrowth, eternal witness. Every other version. Blessing of, and... Yeah, guys, blessing. Every other version yeah. of regrowth that they've they've printed in 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 recent years, but again, recovery um, can return things from the graveyard. This just skips the step of putting it into your hand. It just means you can cast it directly from your graveyard or play lands directly from your graveyard. Yeah, which they've done before with lands, like exactly. Romulan Excavator, put exactly. lands from your graveyard on the battlefield. Like yeah. these, are, these are things that that green can do. I just think it's really weird <laughs> when the other suspend cards, so you have like Restore Balance, which is balance, so it's white. We have uh, Wheel of Fate, which is Wheel of Fortune, so it's red. We have Ancestral Vision, which is Ancestral Recall, so it's... Like, I don't understand <laughs> why, why we've got exact port of Yorgmoth's Will in green. And the card is like, yeah. if, I'd never, if I didn't know that Yorgmoth's Will was a card, I would look at Guy's Will and think, that's fine. I mean, it's probably not fair. It's probably quite good. I, I don't really yeah. want to get into how good this card is, because I genuinely don't know, and I cannot think of a world in which I would understand how good this card is until I see people much smarter than me play it. But I think that yeah, that seems like a thing green can do. Yeah, it's it's incredibly jarring to see it in green. Mm-hmm. Like I think you know, like you said, when you break it down, break all the individual pieces down, it makes sense. There's no reason, given on you know, historic context, there's no reason why green can't do these things when it's done all of these things individually before. But yeah, just putting it together, like in a sorcery, very very strange, mm-hmm. very very strange. No, I don't know. I, Okay, okay. I, would say, I, I would probably sort of err on the side of like this this card isn't isn't going to be very powerful like it's probably like a cool like political card for commander where you can play this and suspend this and then stop making deals with players over the turns as the suspend counters tick down off it but it's it's certainly not as powerful as Yogmoth's Will like so I play Yogmoth's Will in Vintage and there's a, there's a good reason that card is restricted like there's no way you could you could do like just anything with the speed that Yorgmoth's will has. So, so I think it's it's a cool again like another one of those like cards where it's really cool. It's really cool that they can do these throwback cards and I think the art on this is incredible and it's got that like that semicircular sort of window to another world that we've seen on, on a lot of these these like suspend cards like this. But I, yeah, I just—it's just jarring seeing like literally Yogmoth's all at green. Yeah, I don't know. I like suspend cards. I really like these. Yeah, same. Suspend versions of, of very very powerful cards, like you know, we saw in you know original Time Spiral, and we've seen done a couple of times before. And it's like surely there was another green card you could choose. 
right? I would have thought there'd be another green card that you could do this to. But then again, historically green cards have been terrible, and recently green cards have been good, so maybe they literally Very couldn't good. find a good yeah. card that was worthy enough to be a, a rare suspend card to make into one. Right? Yeah. Because like, the original possibly. was Hypergenesis, which was, I guess, Eureka. Yeah. So, what's another green card they could realistically make a rare suspend card out of? That makes sense. I, yeah. Like, natural yeah, order? Not, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I think it's, it's kind of fine. It's just extremely jarring. Well, especially when they've, they've they've created rules for, for this design of card. There's another one in the set, which is which is Glimpse of Tomorrow, which is the red one, which does... I can't think of what the card is, but it does a red thing. It, it mirrors what a red card's done. Profane. Set, spend three, red, red, shuffle all permanents you own in your library, and then reveal that many cards from the top of your library. Put all non-aura permanent cards revealed this way on the battlefield, then do the same for aura cards, then put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. So it's... it's Scrambleverse or something? It's, yeah. a, it's a silly red card that does a lot of chaotic things. Um... It's like, like Warp World. Yeah, Warp World, that's the one. Um, so that makes sense, because it's a red card that does the same thing as a red card did. And Profane yeah. Shooters are the black one, and <laughs> then we just have guys. Well, that's, that's, the, that's the thing that's weird to me, is that, it, that it doesn't mirror the, the rules that they've set over you know, a 15-year period for these cards. But other than that, I think it's fine. I just think it's interesting. That's, that's good enough for me. Yeah, I'd rather things definitely. be interesting than boring. I agree, I agree. So I think we should hit on one more interesting card before we get out of here, here this week. So I think like potentially the most interesting card in the whole set, and we've talked about a lot of cards and a lot of interesting things so far. I think easily this one takes the cake for me. It's Garth One-Eye. Uh-huh. White, blue, black, red, green. It's Wooburg for a legendary creature. It's a human wizard. It's a 5-5 five, five and has tap. Choose a card name that hasn't been chosen from among... Disenchant, Brain Geyser, Terror, Shaven Dragon, Regrowth, and Black Lotus. Create a copy of the card with the chosen name. You may cast the copy. You still pay its costs. What a terrible card. What a weird card. It makes so it makes it makes copies of Disenchant, Brain Geyser, Terror, Shaven Dragon, Regrowth, and Black Lotus. Like incredibly iconic cards. Yeah. How bizarre. This is one of my favourite things about Modern Horizons and the precedent they set with the first one is that you can just do mad shit like this. It's like, uh, some of these cards aren't legal and modern. <laughs> like, yeah. I, yeah I, you're going to be able good. to cast, cast copies of them. Yeah. Like, it's what? really cool. <laughs> I think it's very, very cool. And that's yeah, one of the great same. things about this. Same. It's just it's it's incredibly weird. It's bizarre, and yeah, it's it's really cool to see a card like reference like such an iconic card. I guess such an iconic suite of cards, but like specifically like Black Lotus, like so that instantly the conversation was, oh, are they going to make tokens? Are they going to make tokens of Black Lotus? Is that going to be a thing? Is that a way we get around the reserve list? Uh, I they've they've said that you know they aren't going to make tokens they've never made tokens that are exact copies of cards before so that's not something that they're going to do but i i think this is really cool technology and this could absolutely be a way to get around sort of reserve list problems i mean this card sucks right i mean it's, it's yeah sure <laughs> sure it's not a powerful card but it's a super cool card absolutely it it lets you cast a Black Lotus in Commander, like... 
Yeah. That's cool. It's very cool. Super, super cool. And I, I just think that, like, the technology on, on this card to be able to do that, that opens up so many doors for for similar things in the future when it comes to reserveless cards. That's why I love Modern Horizons. Yeah. You just, yeah. They just come up with the weirdest thing they had an idea for. I, see, I think they just get the, card. the best brains in exploratory design, put them in a room and go, there you go, go wild, and we're just going to print whatever you come up with. And yeah. It's it's fantastic. See, what's annoying is there are a bunch of other cards that I really want to speak about, but I um, spent way too long ranting about cloth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can we can hit another one if you got one. I mean, okay, there, there, there are a couple. For. I mean, first of all, we do need to talk about the reprint that proves that you have a really big brain. Yeah. Um, but we have Grist, the Hunger Tide, yeah. which I'm pretty sure can be your commander. Um, yes, can be. Yeah. Well. One black... Despite what you just say, apparently. <laughs> yeah, we don't know yet. We don't know that yet because the release notes haven't been released. So we don't know whether it can be a commander. Uh, one black green for a planeswalker, legendary planeswalker Grist. Three loyalty. Uh, as long as it's not on the battlefield, it is a 1 1 insect creature in addition to its other types. Plus one, make a 1 1 black and green insect creature token. Then a miller card. If an insect was milled this way, put a loyalty counter on Grist and repeat the process. Minus two, you may sacrifice creature when you do destroy type creature or planeswalker. And minus five, each opponent loses life equal to the number of creature cards in your graveyard. Cool. So this is going to go right in your Marin deck. Right? Yeah. It triggers Marin yeah. and I can bring it back with Marin. Um, and it mills stuff and lets you sack creatures. and which yeah, It puts loads of creatures in the graveyard, which is exactly what my Marin deck wants to do. Which is great. And I'm very excited for this card. Also, the art's great. It's a big mass of bugs taking humanoid form, which is yes. just cool. Uh, so this is this is officially the first uh, non-humanoid planeswalker. I mean, it's technically humanoid because when it's being a planeswalker, in, it's in that in that one is it's not in the other in the other art. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they've they've said they've said quite canonically this this is the very first non-humanoid planeswalker. And it's very cool, and I love it. Yeah. And this thing yeah. you don't you don't have to bother like fleshing out a story or putting it in you know alongside the gatewatch or whatever. You're just like this is a cool card, make it. And we don't have to ever care about it ever again if we don't want to. Uh, but yeah, the, the interesting thing about this is it, that it's a <clears throat> it's a creature everywhere else, literally everywhere yeah. else, which we assume includes the command zone. Um, so you can green sense for it, you can call of calling, collect company, you can birthing pod for it, you can reanimate it with a creature reanimate spell, you can unearth it. It's it's cool. It's a very cool design, and that's what I mean. Like you don't have to put loads of they don't doesn't they don't have to put loads of depth into these really strange designs they can just be one-offs that are really cool in their own right and they don't have to impact like the rest of a set yeah and that's why i love modern horizon so much because it's just these wacky stupid things that they just do um i don't think this card's very good <laughs> i can't think of a single green sun's deck that really wants this kind of effect but yeah like you said i'm definitely putting it in merit so that's nice yeah definitely i think it's a it's a good place to put that card i can't mm-hmm. imagine it'll be played anywhere else but it again another super cool card yeah uh, and we have the card i'm going to refer to as asmore because i'm not pronouncing the rest of that name yep i agree which is a, 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 an old character that's finally got a card and i like to think that the only reason this card doesn't have a mana cost is because the name was so long it fit perfectly into the frame without a mana cost and then they designed yeah. a card around that from the ground up i like that idea that card's kind of medium so, but it also references the underworld cookbook and that's a flavor text from like unlimited from like Alpha, I think. Yeah, it's from Granite Gargoyle in Alpha. Yeah, uh, 
There's a quote about the Granite Gargoyle uh, from the Underworld Cookbook by Asma whatever however you pronounce it I'm, I'm going to give it a go it. let's give it a go I'm going to give it a go okay, I'm go. not going to get it right but I'm going to give it a go as Mora no Mardi Kadaistina Kaladika yes yeah. that sounds rough you said vaguely all of the syllables present yeah <laughs> uh, I think as for the card itself I don't think it's very good I uh, won't see play anywhere outside of Commander but it's definitely going to make for some cool gimmicky Commander decks it's extremely cool and it's a, like a legendary chef which is great yeah, I also recommend looking up um, her story because it's it's very very cool, a very compelling story, and it just that that's just it just exemplifies why I just love this, um, why I love this set so much. They just do that, and like you don't have to care about the rest of the set. <laughs> yeah. just, I've got a cool card. Yeah, put it in. I imagine is how all of their meetings went. Um, yeah, yeah, and then and then uh, if you let me talk about everything, I'll just keep going forever. Reprints. I kind of want to talk about um, Quirion Ranger is finally a modern I'm extremely yep. excited I love it that was your your want for Modern Horizons 1 yeah exactly I just Quirion Ranger you can just do it and it's interesting for elves it may be not even interesting just for elves because it doesn't actually care about elves it's just an elf that has historically seen some play in, in pauper elves um, but yeah it's a, a Scrib Ranger for one mana it's basically what it does for modern so if you're yeah. playing Scrib Ranger before now you have the one mana version that Legacy has access to, and then it's big brain time. We actually got oh, yeah. Imperial Recruiter, which you called we a did, couple weeks yeah. ago. Super, super happy about that. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. Again, it's another one of those cards that has always been a mythic. Every time it's been re- reprinted, and that's been absolutely fine, and nobody really complained then. Uh, but I'm, nope. I'm always happy to see it because I love this card for Cube specifically, and now it's in modern. I think it's exciting. Can we can we let me talk about the art? Hell yeah, we can. Can we talk about the art? Yeah. I appear to be the only person that's really lost their mind over this art. <laughs> so that I believe this is the extended art rather than the borderless art. Either way, uh, it has art, a border on. I don't know. Yeah, I, don't exactly. know. I can't work it out. Who, <laughs> Who cares? Um, so specifically, the alternate art of Imperial Recruiter. I was looking at it, and then on the left, I was like, huh, that little shadowy thing kind of looks like Kiki Jiki. And then I looked over to the right, and there's a little fairy. And it's, this card's got Kiki Jiki and Pestamite on it. It does. How what, sick is that? It's so deck. cool. So cool. I love it. Yeah, I. That's it. Like, they might. It might even. It might. I almost don't want to say it, but it might even be good enough for modern. Like, you know, it, take, it takes a turn. A turn longer than, than previous incarnations as a splinter twin, but if you just play it as like, like you probably should have played splinter twin most of the time, as just this like good control deck, and then yeah, you've got this combo package in there as the finisher, then maybe, maybe, maybe we can live that imperial recruiter and a kiki and a pestamite dream. Yeah, well, because we, we we talked about this when when you predicted it, that imperial recruiter. The, the thing it does is find Kiki and then Kiki copies the recruiter and it finds Pestamite. Um, yeah. And that's why I love it. It's in the art. It's so good. I love it. That it's <laughs> just, just like yeah, just a same. thing that only ever happens in Cube. <laughs> <laughs> and they reference it on the art because it's, it's one of the main things that Imperial Recruit is known for. The thing about Imperial Recruit is it doesn't really see that much play in Legacy. It's And the reason it sees nope. play is mainly because of um, of Painter. Yeah, and and the painter servant deck because it can find painter servant, and 
pay as is not legal in modern. <laughs> and that's kind of a problem, I guess, in terms yeah. of the, talking about its playability for modern. But it's a human, and most of the decks in, in the, the human's modern deck have power two or less. So I think that's that's probably a very interesting place for it to slide to, just as a value piece. Because, you know, we, we saw them playing Militia Bugler for a bit, and this is much better than Militia Bugler at doing what Alcar wants to do. But yeah, I also will probably. Pa- Painter Servant is legal in modern. Sorry? Painter Servant is legal in modern. Oh, sure. Then the other part. Just, the Painter yeah. combo isn't legal in modern, is what I meant. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can find Painter with this if you want, it doesn't do anything. Um, and I'm probably going to build a Blue Moon deck at some point that does play Kiki and Pestamite. Yeah. And I'm going to get the extended art version of it with the art, because I just love it. Whoever is responsible for that art direction, I, I just. I want them to know I'm very pleased. Yeah, me too. Big, big fan. Again, just like slotted in humans probably do a lot of work in a humans deck yep. oh, love it absolutely love Imperial Recruiter just one of my favourite cards and it's always always yep. good to get Portal 3 Kings reprints absolutely just anywhere man I love this set it's great isn't it have I mentioned that absolutely yet? fantastic I just, it's like every time every time they do I mean yeah sure it's only the second one but every time they do a Modern Horizon set they knock it out of the park in terms of flavour in terms of just cool card design yeah, I think I'm very much in the same camp as you. Like, if they just printed a Modern Horizon set once every two years, that would be fantastic. That would just be me happy. I'll happily just play Magic forever. 100%. Yeah. Uh, I really am sorry about all those people I alienated with my uh, Cabal Cobbles rant. That's fine, that's fine. Well, if anybody is still listening, we do have. Uh, <laughs> we are approaching the second hour. <laughs> I think it's a, a good time to cut it off. We'll have plenty more to talk about next week. Uh, we've we've seen quite a lot from Modern Horizons too, but we've only had like a third of the set. It's yeah, yep. amazing, amazing, cool. As I said, we are approaching the second hour, so come let us know your thoughts about Modern Horizons too. How do you feel about it? Are you happy with the the reprints? Can give us your opinion on Cabal Coffers. You can hit us up on Twitter. We are at hfdcast, facebook.com/hfdcast. Or if you've really enjoyed anything in this episode and you'd like to give back in a monetary value, you can up on Patreon. We are patreon.com slash devastation. Where tiers start from the one dollar per month, that's roughly twenty twenty five cents per episode. And a reminder that this podcast is brought to you by manleak.com, where you can go to pre order sealed product for Modern Horizons two. At open all those great cards. And at checkout you can use the code HOFD five to get five percent off your order. Yeah, big thanks to, to Manalik as always. They're absolutely fantastic. Would definitely recommend their services. If you want to find me on my own personal social media, on Twitter, I am at PeachGardenOaf. It's Oaf with an F. Facebook, I'm Joe Loudon. You can find me in pretty much any of the magic groups. also stream on Twitch, so every Friday night we do Friday Night Magic. We do something different magic-related every week. So this week we're going to be playing the uh, LSV's Cube is up on Magic Online, so we'll be doing that. And then Saturday and Sunday, alternating weeks, we do a whole bunch of different other things. We do party games, we do Among Us, we do Jackbox games. Uh, I'm going to be playing through Yakuza 0, so something that if you are into those games, come check that out. It's twitch.tv slash peachgardenoaf. If you want some more blisteringly hot takes about how I disagree with the magic community at large, you can find me on Twitter at snail69. Nice. I literally had to make my tweets private the other day because I was getting too many replies. Because I said something controversial about the ball coffers, <laughs> so uh, which I don't even think is I don't think it's controversial. I I agree with you fully. It's but, it's weird yeah. to be on that side of it. Normally, I'm tweeting so much that Twitter tries to take away my tweeting, 
Then someone was like, no, I'm going to limit my tweeting because I've, I've got too much interaction. <laughs> Just that meme, me reaping, me sowing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't like it when it comes back at me. Yeah. My own medicine tastes horrible. Oh, so that is all we have time for this week. Once again, we're approaching the second hour. The God Pharaoh has returned, so we'll see you again next week on Our Devastation.